So, uh, so if you got your Bibles, Matthew 17, Matthew 17, this morning. Wilbur and Orville Wright created the first powered aircraft, the Kitty Hawk. Their first flight was 12 seconds and covered 120 feet. Uh, to many, uh, this was a failure. To many uh, people, they say, you know, it only lasted 12 seconds, uh, only 120 feet. But to them, uh, this was a sign, listen, one day we're going to fly around the world, maybe in the space. So, uh, amen. And we know today the evidence is there. Uh, we fly around the world in 24 hours a day. Uh, SpaceX uh, just got developed. We flew into space. Uh, so their investment uh, was well worth it. Uh, Acts chapter 1, Jesus takes the first flight into heaven in the New Testament. Verse 9, uh, it says, Now when uh, he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up, and, and a cloud covered him out of their sight. You know, the sinners, religious people around the world may say, You know what, that's, that's little, that's nothing. But uh, listen, that's everything, because that set a stage for the church. One day, I mean, we're going to be taken up. One day the rapture is going to happen. One day Jesus is going to come back after his church. Uh, uh, so with that in mind, let's go to Matthew 17. We'll start at verse 1 this morning. Matthew 17, verse 1. So now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to him talking with him. Then Peter answered and said, Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Father, in Jesus' name this morning, I'm asking you, God, to pour out your spirit. God, to minister by the Holy Ghost this morning, reach into every heart. God, let people be encouraged. God, let, let conviction be here. Move uh, on men and women today, God. I pray, God, there would be some that aren't saved. Uh, God, they'd pray, get right with you before they leave here. God, do a work, do miracles uh, in the service today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're taking notes, I've titled this Going Up. So I want to talk first about the rapture this morning. The rapture being caught up by the Lord uh, to be with him in heaven forever has always been the hope of the church. Ever since the church started the book of Acts, uh, all through the, uh, the epistles, the apostles, uh, the hope has always been the resurrection. The hope has also always been one day uh, all of our labor and our service is going to pay off. Uh, we're going to be at the Lord in heaven. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3 has always been one of my favorite scriptures. It reads this, uh, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, also believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have not have told you. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself where I am. You may be there also. So Jesus tells the church, tells the believers here, uh, listen, one day I'm going to go, uh, amen, go to heaven, prepare a place for you in the Father's mansion. I'm going to come back and get you. Listen, that's, that's a great hope. Can you say amen? One day we're going to be in heaven. One day uh, the rapture happens or we go into eternity. We're going to be in heaven. Second Peter 3. Uh, worldly people are mocking believers uh, because they're saying God hasn't kept his promise. God hasn't come back. Time has went by. Uh, 
Many years have went by, decades went by, and they're mocking uh, Peter and saying, listen, God can't keep his promise because he hasn't came back. The church is still here. But Peter answers it this way in verse 3. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lessons, saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that the word of God, uh, amen, the, by the, the word uh, of God, the heavens are of old, forget. By the word of God, the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of water and in water, by which the world then existed, perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which now are reserved for the, by the word, uh, amen, until judgment. So uh, Peter's giving them a history lesson. Listen, uh, you're saying God's not faithful. I'm saying he is. Uh, God said, listen, uh, uh, the world will be destroyed by water. It was. Uh, and Peter gives him another lesson. said, one day, uh, a judgment is going to come on, on all ungodly men. Verse 8, it says this. So, But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. In other words, God's not monitored by time like we are. We consider 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, uh, 100 years, a long, long time. But to God, that's a blink. To eternity, a thousand years, that's one day. Uh, one day to a thousand years. That kind of gives us a mindset how long we're going to live. Uh, you know, in heaven, uh, somebody asked, how long you been here? I've been here one day. Uh, that could be a thousand years. Uh, uh, so the Bible said time is not the issue to the Lord. He, said, he goes on to say, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Now, some count slackness, but his long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, uh, but all should come to very repentance. So very clearly, the reason Jesus hasn't came back yet, the reason the rapture hasn't took place yet, is because heaven's not ready in the sense uh, people are still getting saved. Jesus is still building rooms uh, on the mansion. Can you say amen to make room uh, uh, for you and I? So uh, the reason it hasn't happened yet, because people are still getting saved. But aren't you thankful that God waited on you? Aren't you thankful that God waited till you got saved before he came? Amen. So God's still waiting. But listen, that number will be fulfilled one day. The trumpets will sound. Uh, and only the believers will hear that. And as you hear that, you will, we will be caught up to be at the Lord. The rapture will happen. Uh, that flight that Jesus talked about will finally take place. Uh, Amen. The church will be raptured. First Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Uh, those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. So make no doubt about it. Listen, a rapture will happen. Jesus is coming back. Uh, amen. Heaven is waiting for that one more soul. Uh, Jesus, hold out. But listen, the trumpet will sound one day. I've had people ask me, what will heaven be like? Is heaven going to be filled with cities? Is it going to be farmland? Are there going to be oceans, rivers? Or is there going to be desert? Uh, my answer is always this. Uh, I know for sure God, the creator of the world, is going to be there. Jesus, the savior of our soul, is going to be there. The church, our brethren, is going to be there. Uh, everything else is a bonus. Whatever else is in heaven besides that uh, is a bonus. Can you say amen? The rapture will happen quickly. 
Our text is after six days. Uh, I mean, you're not going to have time to come to church. You're not going to have time to call a friend or somebody. Uh, I need to repent. I heard that the church is being raptured. I heard there's a noise. Uh, would you pray with me? There's going to be no time for that. First Corinthians 15, 52 in a moment. In twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, uh, for the trumpet will sound. Uh, amen. So when the rapture happens, it's going to be like that. Jesus is going to come and get his church very quickly. The rapture will, uh, the, in the rapture, we have a totally transformed body. The Bible said we'll shed the earthly body, this flesh. Uh, we'll receive a new heavenly body. Verse 53, 1 Corinthians 15. The dead will rise, be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal put on immortality. So that's the wonder and that's the great news of the rapture. We're not going to have this flesh to contend with anymore. Hallelujah. We're not going to have all the temptations, all the, the things we have to deal with today. We're going to get a new transformed body in this uh, rapture. We get to heaven uh, to be with a new body. The rapture is going to be victory over the grave and death. It goes on to say, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption, this mortal has put on immortality, this shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O grave, where is your sting? Hades or hell, uh, where is your victory? So when the rapture does happen, it's going to settle a lot of issues. One, it's going to settle. Jesus always told the truth. Uh, just as God said, listen, uh, uh, the world will be destroyed in Noah's day. It's going to be destroyed another day. Uh, uh, he said, listen, the rapture, it's going to settle all these issues. Let's bring me to my second thought. Let's look at, secondly, the few here. The few. Our text says, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, led them up the high mountain by themselves. Now, I'm not saying here the, the rest weren't saved. But I believe Jesus is making a point here. We live, in a very, we live in a very religious time where everybody thinks they're right with God. We live in a time where uh, everybody thinks, as long as I say God, as long as I believe there's a God in heaven, God created the world, as long as I believe that Jesus died on the cross, uh, that I'm going to go to heaven, and a lot of re- a lot of people believe stuff like that. Uh, but they want to live, act, and do whatever they want to do. But when they die, they want to believe they're still going to heaven. So Jesus talked a little bit about that. But the reason people believe stuff like that is, one, uh, that's what they've been told. Maybe they've been told, listen, just be a good person. So all you got to do is be good. Don't go out and murder. Don't commit adultery. Uh, try to obey the Ten Commandments the best you can. Uh, and you're going to go to heaven. People are told that. Two, uh, churches preach stuff like this. Churches preach. Uh, once saved, always saved. If you got saved when you were nine years old, doesn't matter what you've done. All life, doesn't matter how you live. Uh, doesn't matter what you get involved in. You're still good to go. You're still saved. You're still going to make heaven your home. Uh, and three, uh, is people don't want to believe the opposite. They don't want to believe that, listen, when I die, uh, my sin can take me to hell. They don't want to believe there's a real devil, there's demons, uh, there's a eternal judgment, so they don't want to believe that. So they say, hey, I'm just going to go to heaven. And four, uh, they haven't read the Bible themselves. A lot of people just believe whatever they're told. They've never opened the Bible. They've never looked at it. They've never read it. Uh, so, again, we live in a very religious society, so people just want to believe that, uh, listen, when I die, I'm going to heaven. Uh, I'm just going to go to heaven. They believe that. Matthew 7, Jesus plainly speaks to this subject in verse 13. 
Enter the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there will be many that go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there will be few that find it. Jesus goes on to say, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, but who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonderful things in your name? They will declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So very clearly, Jesus speaks uh, a very clear note on who is right with God, who's going to heaven, uh, who's not going to heaven. It's not everybody that says, Lord, Lord. Uh, not everybody that says, I believe in God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. But it's those who were first doing the will of God. Those that are committed to the will of God, staying on that narrow path. Uh, it's difficult. He says, the difficult way, yes. Uh, you have to say no to sin, no to unrighteousness, sin. Yes to Jesus, and sometimes the fight is there. I understand that, but it's a narrow path, but it does lead to heaven. He said the wide path is uh, the road that leads to destruction. It's a path where you can believe whatever you want, do whatever you want, say whatever you want. Uh, but listen, at the end of the day, you know, why did Peter take just Peter, James, and John up? Why did he take them three up the mountain and nobody else? I believe Jesus was making another point concerning who is going to be caught up here. Peter, James, and John were disciples one. They had a love for the Lord. They had a love for the work of God. They had faith. They were involved. Uh, they labored. They sacrificed. They had vision. They were givers. Uh, they lived clean. Uh, and I believe Jesus won that highlighted uh, uh, because it's not just saying I'm a Christian, but it's being a Christian. These three men, Jesus wanted to, yes, they were a few. Jesus had a message behind it. Remember, he said, few find this road, find the path. Uh, but listen, there's something about these men, these women, uh, and people that are going to make heaven their home. And, and I believe he wanted to highlight something out of Peter, James, and John. Uh, again, let me repeat, they were disciples. They loved God. They loved the work of God. They had faith. They were involved. They labored, sacrificed, had vision. They were givers. Uh, they live clean. Uh, and Jesus highlighting things that need to be in work in you and I. First Corinthians 6. The Apostle Paul explains to new believers who will be on that narrow path and who will actually go to heaven. Uh, uh, because, you know, when I, got, when I first got saved, that was my big thought. Hey, hey am I okay with God? Am I going to go to heaven now? So Paul kind of hits this note in verse 9. Do you not know that? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous people, people don't pay their tithes, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners uh, will inherit the kingdom of God. So Paul plainly says a group of people aren't going. Now you can sympathize with yourself, you have empathy on yourself, uh, all you want. But listen, Paul identifies some things here. That listen, if you're involved in these things, you're not going to go uh, to heaven. He's talking to new believers that were, uh, a lot of them were that. A lot of them, they knew exactly when he mentioned these sins. Uh, they knew exactly what he's talking about because that's what they were. But the good news is, as long as we have breath, uh, we can repent. Verse 11, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, 
but you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. So these are people that repented. Yes, I was like that at one time. That was my life, but I repented. I'm no longer like that. He used the word. He said, you've been uh, sanctified, been justified. You've been purified. In other words, now live right. Live clean. Uh, do what's right. And, and that's a message. Whether we've been saved a, a day or, or 20 years, uh, we still have to do what's right. We want to be right with God. So the question is this morning, are you right with God? And you're going to have to answer this question yourself. Are you saved? Uh, have you been redeemed? Uh, have you been justified, sanctified? Are you living a Christian life? Whether you've been saved one day or 20 years, uh, we have to examine our convictions. We have to examine our faithfulness, our vision, our commitment, our love for people, our obedience, uh, our willingness to give. We have to examine ourselves all the time because it's very easy for the devil, the enemy, and sin to kind of slip in and mess things up. Every once in a while, we've got to take a look at ourselves uh, and examine some things. See, to the true believer this morning, the Bible makes perfect sense, doesn't it? To the true believer, those that are really saved, love God, the Bible makes perfect sense. We don't fight it, don't argue about it. Uh, but to those who are on the outside looking in or those that are compromising, those that are lukewarm, the Bible can mess you up uh, because you want to argue and fight. Uh, I don't believe that. And we want to fight against what God said. But again, to the true believer, those that are saved living for God, the Bible makes sense. I want to mention a few verses of Scripture that make sense to those that are living for God, loving God. Uh, but to those who aren't, it might mess your thinking up for a moment. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Present your body a living sacrifice. God said, if you're going to live for God, you're going to have to sacrifice self. If you're going to be a real Christian, you're going to have to sacrifice uh, some of your things that you think you might need or have to have. Uh, present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed or be like this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will. Amen. So there's going to be times in life we're going to be challenged here. Uh, amen. Our convictions are going to be challenged. What we say is right. What we say is the gospel is going to be challenged. Uh, but when we're right with God, we're not thinking like the world. We're thinking like God. We're not acting like the world. But we're going to act like Christian. 2 Ephesians 4.22. Put off the old self or the old man, which belongs to your former matter of life and his corrupt uh, conduct. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. We talk about testimony. Uh, this is a testimony. Before I got saved, uh, my life is a wreck, it's a mess. But after I got saved, there's a testimony now. People look at my life and see there's been changes. People look at your life. Uh, there's been changes. You're not only speaking something, but you're living something. People can see that. You're not just saying it, but you're living it. You have a renewed mind. You put off the old flesh. Uh, you put on the new man, uh, and you're a different person. You're living clean. You're living right. Uh, there's a testimony. Colossians 3, 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Those who don't believe in tithes, read that again. 
on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you were once, in these you once walked when you were living in them, but you now uh, put now you put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene words from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self. And Paul goes on, but he's talking about again a testimony here. So when you say you're saved right with God, these things follow. Amen. A Christian life follows that. And mind of God follows that. Uh, Christian practices follow that. Uh, remember we're talking about the narrow road. Jesus said the narrow road uh, leads to heaven, the wide road. You can believe whatever you want. Argue with Scripture. Argue with God. Disagree with the pastor. Preach all you want. Uh, but if you're going to be right with God, the Bible makes sense, right? When you're right with God, you want the Bible. You want the Word. Uh, it makes sense. It fulfills uh, you and I, it uh, brings hope into our life. And so Jesus said that this is a narrow road, but if you're going to find it, but we can find it. It's not too narrow where we can't be on it, where we can't live right. Uh, we can be on this road, uh, and we're encouraged to be on that road. Let me talk thirdly about the prize here. The greatest prize in heaven is that we're going to be able to look upon, spend time with, and embrace Jesus and all of his glory. Look at our text. He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as the light. We're able to look upon him. Now, we have faith in him. We believe what he did for us. He died on the cross, went to that cross. He rose from the dead. But it's all, up to this point, it's all been faith. We believe that our soul uh, uh, links heart with the word of God. We believe with all of our heart, yes, Jesus did die uh, Jesus did raise from the dead. That, by faith, we agree with that. But one day, we're going to look upon him. We're going to be able to look upon him. We're going to be able to see him. Uh, and we're going to be able to embrace him, spend time with him. Uh, listen, that's a prize. That's a, that's, that's the prize of our Christianity. One day, it's not going to be just faith. He's not going to be a far off. But we're going to be able to look upon him, embrace him, all of his glory, and spend time with him. As Peter, James, and John were watching Jesus being transformed, uh, they had lost for words, but they did say this, uh, Jesus is good for us to be here. They understand, listen, this is good. We need this. As a Christian, uh, uh, we need to see elements of this now uh, when God reveals himself in different ways. But think about the real prize when we get to heaven. Uh, we have to look upon Jesus, not just a glimpse, of, uh, not just a little bit of hope, but listen, we're going to be able to spend time with him, embrace him. That's the first prize. Another prize in heaven is we're going to know the people of the past. We're going to know who's there. It says, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Somehow, Peter and these disciples knew who they were. I believe we're going to know, uh, amen, the people that we knew, the people that went to eternity before us. Uh, we're going to know them. We're going to be able to spend time with them. We're going to be able to... Uh, have a relationship there. Uh, we're going to know other people, uh, uh, Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah, many others. We're gonna, hey, that's who that is. Uh, we're going to know them, spend time with them. There's going to be relationships uh, with each other in heaven. Uh, and listen, that's a prize in life. One of the, the difficulties of life, one of the, the bad things of our world, is that people don't want to spend time with each other today. Many people don't want to do anything with anybody, but in heaven... Uh, it's going to be, hey, we want to spend some time with you. Not only are we going to have them prizes in heaven, but there's going to be some other things. 
In heaven, Jesus is going to reward you and I uh, with crowns. Can you say amen? The first crown is going to be the crown of steadfastness, James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trials or faithful. And when, uh, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised for those who love him. In other words, you get to heaven, uh, just by making it there means that you have persevered, you've stayed faithful, you've stayed steadfast. That's going to be the first crown given to you. Is a crown of righteousness or faithfulness. Uh, you've been faithful. Come, uh, I want to put this crown on your head. You're going to have a crown that, that says he was faithful. You have a crown that says she was faithful. That's a reward uh, for, for your service here, your faithfulness, for your steadfastness. Blessed is the man who is steadfast under trials. When he stood the test of time, he'll receive the crown of life. So every believer that makes it to heaven is going to have this crown. Read the crown that says we're faithful. There's another crown, 2 Timothy 4 8. Here's four, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only me, but all those who love his appearing. When you make heaven your home, uh, and you're not going to have one crown, but two crowns. Meaning you made heaven your home, you had to, you live righteous. Uh, we know that Jesus is our righteousness. We says so we love His appearing, or we love God more than anything else. We love God so much uh, that we're going to live right and righteous. Uh, and there's going to be a crown. You're going to have a crown of faithfulness. You have a crown that says you're righteous. Uh, and I'm telling you, these are going to be worn with great, uh, good pride, spiritual pride. Uh, you, I don't know how we're going to wear the crowns one one day, the other the other day, but you're going to be crowned for this. Be another one, First Peter five four, and the chief shepherd appears. You'll receive an unfading crown of glory. God's gonna put glory on us. We're gonna get a crown of faithfulness. We're gonna get a crown of righteousness. Now we're gonna get an unfading crown of glory. God, God putting glory on us. Amen. Uh, as we've glorified Him in our life here, there's gonna be a glory put on you in heaven. There's gonna be a crown uh, given to us. So. Uh, these are prizes that, uh, listen, it's going to be worth it. Whatever fight, whatever struggle, whatever difficulty we go through, we fight our way through, uh, we keep right with God. Listen, we get to heaven, God will greatly reward all of us. St. Corinthians, Paul picks up something else. So your giving, your sacrifices will be rewarded as well. You know, sometimes we think, well, it's just another offering, just another give. It's just another time we have to sacrifice. But God takes very close note of this. God watches every dollar we put in, every sacrifice we make. Second uh, Corinthians 8.1, the Apostle Paul highlights a church uh, for the willingness to sacrifice here and now for souls to be saved, uh, for the gospel to go forward, and says that will be greatly rewarded. In other words, uh, he says this in verse 1. I want you to know, brethren, by the grace of God, that was given to the church of Macedonia in their severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed them in the, the wealth in a wealth of generosity on their part. These people are going through it. These people are suffering themselves, but a need comes up and and 
uh, because they love God, because they love the will of God, the work of God, because they're involved in this in all their heart. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to get to this. We're going to get to this need. We're going to give to this. It uh, doesn't matter what I'm going through. What I can give to you is greater. And Paul highlights it. If you keep reading uh, in Corinthians, Paul said, they're going to be greatly rewarded for that. And listen, I believe that uh, the Bible talks about God being able to weigh everything. I mean, every time we've sacrificed, every time we've given, uh, every time we've sacrificed in this arena, we're going to be greatly blessed when we get to heaven. The Bible says, St. Corinthians 5.10, and this is meant to be read in a good note. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And what the judgment seat of God is, that Christ is in heaven, uh, uh, every believer, the Bible says, is going to be rewarded for what they've done in life. Uh, I believe this word, everything's weighed out, every sacrifice, every time we've given, every time we've stayed faithful, there's a reward in, to give to this. So let me close here. I first talked about the rapture. Listen, one day the trumpets will sound. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter if the world says, listen, God is not going to keep his promise. He's not going to come back. One day the trumpets are going to sound. Uh, There's going to be a loud sound, but only the believers are going to hear it. You can be right here, somebody next to you. You hear it, you're gone. The other person, what happened? There's going to be a loud blast. Only believers will hear this. Uh, this can happen tonight. The Bible said after six days. Uh, it could happen tonight, tomorrow night. It can happen in five minutes uh, from now. Uh, amen. We have no idea when it's going to happen. So don't tell yourself, listen, i got time. I can live in sin. I can do this or that. Jesus says it's going to happen very quickly. I talked about the few. It's not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the, the kingdom of God, but those that are, are in the will of God. In other words, those that are doing the will of God, living for God, doing this thing right, uh, those that are few, amen, they're on that narrow road, and God says, them are the ones who are going to make it. Again, we live in a religious world. I, was, I had somebody over at my house the other day talking to him. Uh, uh, he said, I love Jesus, but I get all this language. And you tell, uh, I love Jesus, but all these other things going on. We live in a world like that. And how many know God knows the difference? Third, listen, you're going to be rewarded here. God is, God is indebted to no man. You have crowns. Think about walking around in heaven for all eternity. A thousand years is one day. One year is a thousand years with crowns in your hand. The crown for faithfulness. The crown for righteousness. The crown that says there's a glory about your life. Maybe you're ashamed here. Maybe nobody likes you here. Push you aside. In, in heaven, you have a crown that says glory. You're worth something. Let's bow our heads for a few moments. If I can get every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here this morning. Listen, God loves you, cares about you. This sermon is meant to encourage you, give you some hope this morning. Jesus is coming back one day for his church. He's not forgot about us. He's not just leaving us here. But our scripture tells us the hope of the gospel has always been one more soul. That one more soul gets saved. That one more person. The Bible says that he is making room for you and I in heaven and Jesus is making lots of room for lots of people. And the only reason Jesus hadn't come back yet, I, I believe, is he's waiting for that one more soul. But there's going to be a day that number's fulfilled. 
It's going to be a day where God looks over at Gabriel and said, where's the trouble? You need to blow it. Jesus is going to come back and get his church. I don't know when that day is going to be. Six days. Uh, the Bible said Jesus took these men up. That means a short space of time. And I encourage you, man, you be ready. Keep yourself ready. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not right with God. You'd be, you'd be honest with yourself. I'm not right with God. I'm not saved. I, if I was to go into eternity today, if Jesus is going to come back today, I know I, I wouldn't make it. I'd be left behind. Listen, God wants to help you this morning. The reason he's waiting is so you can get right with God. So you can make a decision this morning to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a new person. That's you this morning. You put your hand right out the window. Let me say I want to pray with you. From my prayer, you need Jesus this morning. Put your hand out the window. Love to pray with you. Maybe you're watching online. I want to lead you through a prayer very quickly. I want to say, Jesus, I'm asking you this morning. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I repent. I turn from what I am. I've got a conviction that said that you are Lord and God. I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that you rose again the third day. I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to take a few moments also this morning. Maybe you can bow your head right in your car where you're at. You're at home. Maybe you can take a knee, get on where your couch, wherever you're sitting. And I want you to examine yourself. When I read the few, I, I promise you, I begin to examine my life. When Jesus said, few is going to make it. Not just those who talk about God, talk about Jesus, but the few. And again, he mentioned Peter, James, and John, their life. Their life spoke a message. Jesus brought them up because their life uh, spoke a message. They had a testimony. They didn't just say, this is what I believe, but then a testimony said, this is how I'm living. And Paul mentions, takes a list. People that aren't going to be in heaven, don't try to sympathize with yourself. Use empathy for self saying, well, I'm different. I know he's probably talking about them, but God, I mean, God had this special relationship. Examine your heart this morning. Listen, look forward to the crown. Think about heaven one day. I don't know what our new body would look like. We're probably going to all be in good shape. And the crowns. That's your reward. Let's take a few moments of prayer. Father, I pray this morning by the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, your hand be up on every man, every woman here this morning. God, we examine our hearts. God, that you'd win over in our hearts in righteousness and faithfulness. God, steadfastness, God, we would keep our testimony. We'd be an example, God, of what a Christian should be, what a Christian is supposed to be. God, your name would be glorified through our lives. God, help us in every situation, God, to make right decisions, to do what's right, not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By renewing of our minds, God, we think like you think. God, we'd act like a Christian this morning. God, I pray be with every believer here, strength in every life. Give you all the glory and all the praise. Jesus. Amen.